Hey, Faith Walkers. It's my birth week on April 18th. I will be turning 41. Yes, I said it. <laughs> so I wanted to celebrate with you all, and I am offering a birthday giveaway. I've partnered with my friends at Elizabeth Arden, Lara Cosmetics, Kenra Professional, and Urban Skin Rx to provide you with a gift box for you to feel and look fabulous at any age. I'll be including a copy of my first book, A Walk of My Stilettos, How to Get Through the Struggle with Grace. I'll be also including the Walk of My Stilettos Gratitude Journal, a resilient t-shirt, and our resilience is my superpower mug. The gift box is valued at over $1,500, and the winner will be selected after midnight on my birthday, April the 18th. So head over to my Instagram on my personal page at the real McKinney Smith and enter to win. I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us on the Awaken My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice so they can create impact, prosperity, and legacy. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today, we have Janelle Peters. She's a registered psychotherapist. She's the current mental health clinician for the Toronto Raptors and supports various grassroots community organizations as a mental health professional. With compassion and understanding at the forefront, Janelle works with individuals to identify strengths, tools, and personal determination that can lead to positive and lifelong changes. With a background in mental health and social housing, Janelle has worked in both Canada and the U.S., helping individuals uncover negative patterns and behaviors that make life challenging to navigate. So please welcome to the show, Janelle Peters. Hi, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your story with us. Of course. I just want to say, like, I've, uh, I don't even know how long I've been following you on Instagram, but I'm obsessed with <laughs> your page. Um, I am, again, you know, I'm big on personal development and, you know, tools that help people deal with their mindset. So I definitely stalk your page and look for inspiration and ways to keep going. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, the feeling is definitely mutual because I'm all up in, I was like, hey, it's purple. Hey. <laughs> So the feeling is definitely, I was like, oh, and she, and it's so fun and real. And just like, every time I think like, okay, it's going to be one of those reels. It's going to be like the other one. I'm like, nope, she definitely switched up. Um, okay. All right. I'm like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And that's definitely me coming out of my comfort zone as well, but we'll get there one day. <laughs> 
So I love to start the show with an icebreaker question because I believe as women, we have all these different titles that we go by. And a title that's not given enough significance is our name. And coming from someone who used to hate her name and finally acknowledges her name, because now I know the meaning of it. You know, I've been able to dig a little deeper. And when I was younger, my parents told me that my name meant beautiful one. And I was like, yeah, that was great. Now that I dig deeper into things, I'm like, yeah, that was superficial. And now that I looked deeper into the meaning of it, finding out that it's Swahili for strength of character, I'm actually mm-hmm. proud of my name. So I would love to know, Janelle, do you know what your name means? I feel like, okay, so my name has an H in it, right? So it, it throws it off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the, now without an H, I think, I don't even remember. Is it? He, I honestly don't remember. I do remember looking at it and somebody... Um, a long time ago saying, oh, your name means like re- um, honesty and yep. I think courageous. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not courageous because I'm ch- a chicken, like a real chicken. I was like, well, maybe <laughs> the H threw it off a bit. But if you have it and you can tell me if you found it, because I actually haven't heard it out loud, like read it out or anything or looked it up fully on my own. Yes. So like you said, there is two different because of the spelling of it. But the meaning is different with the H and without. So because your name is spelled with the H, I looked up the meaning of it with the H. And it means honest, benevolent, brilliant, and often inventive or full of high aspirations or inspirations. I like it. All right, I'll take the inventive over courageous because <laughs> we're definitely not courageous over here. So the inventive I got, but to take that leap, whew, we could talk about that today, but yeah. <laughs> You see, so every time someone says your name, they're declaring that to you. So that's that's like your your walking affirmation. All right, I like that. So now I'm taking this one. We'll we'll leave the other one. <laughs> like, I don't know, but I'm not courageous. I don't live up to my name. So I'm taking, I'm taking what you shared with me today. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So before we get to where you are currently, I'd love to start at the very beginning because sometimes that helps us to paint the picture of how you got to where you are presently. So I'd love to know. What did you want to be when you were a little girl before society formed you into who you are today? I always, it's, it's interesting. Cause I always wanted to work in healthcare, but specifically I wanted to be a pediatrician. Like mm. from ever since I can remember, I used to play with like dolls and I would, it was kind of, yeah, I would play with dolls and be like, okay, I'm going to check their heart. I'm going to do this. So everybody knew I wanted to be a doctor. And I think also the other thing is just, I talk about this all the time. It's just growing up. I think within certain cultures, there's certain professions that you hear about all the time, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you hear about a doctor or a lawyer. So I think the other pieces, my vision was a bit limited at that time too, of what Mm -hmm. you want to be. But I liked playing with dolls. So I was like, oh, I want to help babies. I want to help kids. And then it's like, oh, that's what this person does. They're called a pediatrician. So I used to just walk around and be like, I'm going to be a pediatrician. Clearly, we're not a pediatrician today. <laughs> yeah, okay, so then tell us your story. How did you go from wanting to be a pediatrician to becoming a psychotherapist? I went. I went the. I went almost the whole nine yards. Um, so went to undergrad. Went to school in the states, um, Alabama specifically. So I was in the south. Did pre med, and I took a course with one of the most amazing professors ever, who really had me stop and pause and be like do you really want to go in this direction? And I feel like it opened up my eyes to be like, there's so many other ways that you can help people all together. That's not just a doctor and doctors are amazing, but there are so many other things that you can do that you probably didn't even think of. Right. And that 
that professor um, was survivor of breast cancer and literally was like, oh, I changed just like the way that I ate. I just changed like my mindset and my faith and all these other things that pushed her through. And I'm just like, she... I don't know what she did. And to this day, I tell her, I don't know what she did, but you, she inspired me to be like, look further, keep going. Mm-hmm. It's not just, it's not just the one thing. And then from that story, her story, I realized maybe it's not just a doctor that can help people do things. There's other people that can save lives and help people become the best version of themselves. And that's what made me want to open up the door um, even further I will pause there because that's, that's just the first part of it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, feel free to get even deeper and go into like the rest of it because now I'm thinking, okay, so you are a psychotherapist and then you just mentioned before about struggling to take that leap, but you've had such a beautiful journey of, you know, how you got to where you are. So feel free to like get more into detail. Go right okay. ahead. All right. So you guys want story time. Okay. <laughs> so from there, I was like, okay, I, I need to figure something out. I need to keep exploring. I did a little bit of work like in the States working in different healthcare settings, like in the hospitals and just kind of seeing what was out there. Mm-hmm. And I ended up working with government housing there, um, helping families and, you know, supporting families as they were transitioning. And then I ended up coming back to Toronto because I I wanted to come back home. I definitely missed it. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to do something that pays. Didn't do anything in the healthcare field at all. Ended up working back in social housing, but in Canada, in Toronto and worked there for 10 years. So it was definitely like, what am I doing? Because this isn't what my plan was. I literally love telling the story because I feel like as I was growing up, there was a path and I feel like there was a path that was paved out for me. Mm-hmm. But somebody shared with me, put your head up and you will see that there's so many other paths that you can possibly take. You just have to figure out which one or which which one of them you want to hop on and hop back off. And that was a really big moment for me in my life to realize that, yeah, you are doing so well in the social housing sector and making it as a Black woman for sure. But is this the only thing that you can do? And reminding myself that, you know what, just because I've walked two paths that I know I could do, what if there's more? What if there's something else that I'm missing? Mm-hmm. And working in social housing and having to be that person who literally managed an entire team that was supporting individuals when they were getting evicted and having to see that those individuals looked way too much like the people that I grew up with, way too much like my community Mm -hmm. and having to hear their stories at the end was heartbreaking. And I said, I don't want to be the person who has to listen to this at the end of somebody's journey or what they feel like is the end of their journey. I want to be able to help somebody along the way. Like if this mom and her three kids, you know, had somebody to listen to all that she's sharing with me at this point in her life, maybe we might not be here. Maybe Mm -hmm. she might be able to put herself in a better, a better position to do all the things that she's telling me she wants to do in life. That's what made me want to go back and be like, I'm going to be a psychotherapist. I am going to be a familiar face for my community, for those that look like me and help them along their journey and not just be there at the end of it. So that's how I ended up here. Wow. I love hearing stories of people who, you know, you've looked at someone else's pain or their struggles and your passion, your your core desire is like, how can I make this better? How can I serve? How can I, you know, provide solutions 
long-term. Like these are the stories that inspire me to keep going because, you know, we all have our rough days. <laughs> so what has that journey been like for you since the pandemic? Has it affected how you serve? I feel like it's actually opened up a lot more doors for the people that I'm able to support. The access to finding a person of color, especially specifically a Black woman for some people, it's not so easy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are saying that if this pandemic actually didn't happen and, you know, online didn't become this big thing, not that it didn't exist before because it was there, but it wasn't as popular, right? right. It wasn't the go-to, right. but now it's become the go-to. Um, and a lot of people I've end up working with were like, I would have never been able to bring me and my newborn baby, right? I would have never been able to bring me and my four kids because I have mm. nobody else to watch my children, and just a lot of people with the discomfort of having to step out and talk to somebody and go into another space, it's a little bit more comfortable when you're sitting in your bed or on your favorite mm -hmm. couch or whatever that looks like. So I'm really happy about the doors that the pandemic has actually opened and the people that I've been able to connect with because I don't think it would be the same if it didn't happen. I love to hear others share the positives that have happened since the pandemic. And, you know, I obviously have compassion and feel bad, you know, we've lost lives, a lot of things have changed. But I truly believe that nothing is bad unless you say it's bad or nothing is good unless you mm -hmm. say it. like there's good and bad in all things. There's balance in life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think because of the negatives of it, a lot of people were so focused on the negative impacts of the pandemic. But I have been one of those people that have truly found peace and comfort and an opportunity of growth for not only myself, but those that I'm connected to serve, mm -hmm. like the benefits have been tremendous. I can't even, you know, sit here and, and list all of them. So it's always good to hear other people point out the positives that have come, not just for themselves, but for others from the pandemic. Like when yeah. people talk about, oh, they can't wait to go, well, when they were talking about, they can't wait to go back to normal. <laughs> and it's like, mm, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> right. <laughs> As much as I miss people, I definitely do. And I miss the outings, but I agree with you. There's so many things that you're able to take from this moment. And more than anything, I always share is that, you know, we've had so many distractions with mm -hmm. just the way our lives have been. And it's not a bad thing. It's just how we've been managing it, right? We utilize seeing others and just going out or going shopping. But I think the pandemic has given a lot of us a chance to kind of slow down and pause for a second and be like, what am I distracting myself from all the time? What am mm -hmm. I feeling? What's coming up now? And what do I maybe need to deal with? Because I don't have those same distractions anymore. So that is definitely something I think is a benefit in a sense with the pandemic. It might not feel good, but I think it's really helping us realize what is it that I need to take care of? And I don't think that would happen if we continue to have all those distractions in our lives. Yeah, I was definitely one of those people that was so busy being busy and so distracted that I wasn't healing my childhood traumas. And there were situations that were repetitive, including toxic relationships. And I was mm -hmm. like, why does this keep happening to me? Mm -hmm. And the pandemic allowed me to slow down. It allowed me to take time to focus on myself and set boundaries. It allowed me to heal. It allowed me time for therapy. It allowed me time to work on being a better version of myself so that I could have healthier relationships with, you know, individuals and clients and, and everyone else. So I'm definitely grateful for being able to slow down and take a look and deal with, I guess, the deep down issues that I wasn't addressing before. Wow. That's a good point. For sure. I agree with you. So 
tell us what are some other adversities that you've had to overcome or had to experience to get to where you are today? I feel like one of them for sure was explaining to your family, like over time when they're like, well, you have all the things that you need in order to get to, to become a pediatrician. Like why, why don't you want to do it? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't like, well, I don't want to do it, but I'm like, what if there's something else I can do? Like Mm -hmm. I haven't explored other things. And I I truly believe that one of the things that makes it really challenging sometimes is to step off the path that you felt was already created for you, right? Mm -hmm. You feel like your parents have maybe helped you along the way to to bring you to this point and knowing the sacrifices that they make, sometimes it feels like, well, the only thing that I can do is follow in what they want or what they expect. And it was having to sit with for a very long time for me that you can still be someone and they will still be proud of you, even if it's not exactly what you told them it was going to be in the first place, but you just have to be able to show it to them. You need Mm -hmm. to be proud of what you're doing. And that took me a while. It took me a while to figure out that as long as it's something that I believe that I am genuinely doing to not only support myself, but to care for others, then that's going to show and they're Mm -hmm. going to. Um, And it was really interesting telling Telling West Indian parents you are going to be a psychotherapist. <laughs> boy, oh boy. <laughs> like, I know you're laughing because you're like, yep, what did that look like, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to go to school to be a psychotherapist. They're like, to deal with crazy people? And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, no, that's not what I'm going to do. And I think the most beautiful thing that's come out of it is knowing that my parents now were able to be like, my daughter's a psychotherapist. She does this. If you need help, here's her information. She could, it was like, what? You actually know what I do. You can tell people it's not about this. Mm -hmm. It's not about dealing with, and I think that was such a big turning point for me to know that a generation where I said would probably never understand or not get it because they didn't have to growing up, right? right? It wasn't something for them to understand, but for my parents to be able to articulate it was huge for me. That was what made me feel like, okay, you are doing what you want to do. They understand it. And it made me feel really proud and really happy in that moment that this is definitely the path that I was supposed to be on. There's so many things that I want to unpack there because I know one, for example, you know, what you spoke about explaining to Caribbean West Indian parents going down that route. And I know because my parents are West Indian, you know, you grow up around certain things, you hear certain things. So you know that it's almost like anything to do with mental health is an issue. They don't even, there are many people that have experienced either their family members disowning them if they openly talk about them having mental health issues or, you know, it's like, oh, let's keep it in the family and stuff they sweep Mm -hmm. under the rug or they don't want to acknowledge it's, or the the labeling of, oh, you know, it's just crazy people or you've gone mad or all of those, Mm -hmm. you know, things. So the fact that your parents understand what you do and they're able to articulate that and they have shown that they are open to honoring what you have chosen to do is big. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when you talked about change, change is definitely uncomfortable at first. And I believe it's messy in the middle and beautiful in the end. Mm -hmm. So for you to change careers, and obviously I'm sure that you had to deal with some discomforts and and struggles, um, even with making your own decisions, I'm sure that wasn't easy. It was not. It was definitely, <laughs> and this is where I told you before that courageous piece that was in my name before doesn't exist. So why we're taking the innovative part because I figured out how am I going to be innovative? And that, and I'll, I'll touch on those two things because the innovation piece for me was how do I make this digestible for my community? 
How do I make talking about mental health something that people realize doesn't have to come with those stigmas and barriers? And that was something that was really passionate for me. And even extending beyond my community, just in general, for anybody who doesn't understand what it looks like or has a negative connotation of what mental health is, how can I share that we can talk about a good day and a bad day? And that's talking about mental health. We don't even have to say the word mental health. It's like, well, you woke up this morning. How did you feel? Right. Right. Like, how do you know when you're having a good day? How do you know when you have a bad day? And literally have that go into a 45 minute conversation. And at the end, I'll tell people like, well, what we just spoke about today was mental health. And they're Mm -hmm. like, no, no way. That's not true. I was like, yes, it really is about how you feel about something. So throw out the label and let's just talk about it. Um, And then coming to the whole courageous piece, like it took me a really long time and it took me having such an amazing village and community to support me to be like, you can do it. It's okay. I'm the type of person who has to have one foot in, one foot out. Um, <laughs> be like, mm, let's feel this out a little bit more. Are we sure? Let's do the numbers. Let's crunch it. And I always have to have that sense of security. And this step in kind of ripping off the bandaid in a sense, like I, I did do the one foot in, one foot out for a second. Then I realized for me, I'm holding myself back from something. Mm. And there were a lot of signs for me that came about spiritually as well to show me that like, you know what, do this is for you. Like I'm showing you the signs here. It's happening. Just do it. And the moment I took that other foot out, it was like, oh, here's what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Okay. I see what it's like. But like I said, I wasn't that courageous person. That was not me. I had to play on both sides for a little bit to feel what that would look like. And I always tell people that, and not everybody is the person that rips off the bandaid and that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you are that person that has to play in the water a bit and let it warm up. But then when do you decide if you're going forward, what does that look like for you? And for some people, they stay with one foot in the water, one foot on the sand. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's really making the choice. Why are you not going forward? Right. Mm -hmm. And make sure that's something that you're comfortable with. And I wasn't comfortable with the reason that I wasn't moving forward. My my reason was like, oh, I have security in this government job and this and the third. I was like, well, what? But that's what's going to keep me here. Like, that's it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this is not good enough. What I want to do, the people I want to help, the community I want to support. If I sit here, how is that working? And every time I looked over, I wasn't doing that. And I said, no, we're going to go in the water. We're going to go there. And having that community there behind me to to push me in and be like, let's go together was was really helpful. I have goosebumps right now for a couple of reasons. (laughs) Usually when I get goosebumps, that's like my spirit telling me something. And I'm just like, okay. So you don't even see yourself as someone who is courageous. And courage doesn't have to be loud. Courage doesn't have to be, you know, in your face. Like you even said, the rip off the Band-Aid. But you still have one switch careers, which for some people that takes huge courage, especially if you've been in an industry for, you know, 10 years Two, being able to go to your Caribbean parents (laughs) and say you're going into a field that is considered, you know, a stigma. That's courage. You being able to take that information and make it digestible for your community, which to me, that takes a lot of courage. And I can tell you, speaking from experience, when I got certified as a mindset coach, I tried so hard till I got exhausted and burnt out for about a year to focus on strictly clients or women in our community. And either I wasn't making it digestible because, so I got certified through Bob Proctor's company, Proctor and Gallagher. And Mm -hmm. it's like that information, it wasn't 
resonating with them. So when I stopped focusing on making it strictly towards Black women, and I focused on just sharing my perspective of the information and my knowledge and the things that I'm presently sharing, Mm -hmm. I started getting clients, women from all different cultures. But my challenge was making it digestible for our community. So for you to do that, like, I believe that takes courage. (laughs) And you had to be innovative. (laughs) <laughs> I try, try to put the put the, the words behind my name all right i got it i got it i, I am declaring who you are <laughs> there's a little bit of courage there no but you're, you make such a good point when you said like courage doesn't have to be this big thing and when we think of courage we think of it as like what are you like how are you going to try like what is this big statement you were going to make mm-hmm. and you're right courage can come in pieces and i think there's a lot of time I didn't recognize that either. Like it's still courageous for you to take your time and do something. Mm-hmm. And that still counts. And we should still count that. Yeah. You, you posted something on, I don't remember which one of your IG pages it was recently about, you know, moving forward slowly is mm-hmm. still, you know, is it more courageous or more than standing still. Yep. Yeah. No, it's Love so it. true. It's so true. Like sometimes we don't realize that like if, we think like, how fast am I going? I'm not passing other people or looking at somebody else. And like you were saying earlier, like on social media, everybody posts the good things, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. posts out wonderful things and it feels like they're going really fast. But at the end of the day, are they, right? Right. Like, are they really going that fast or they just wanted to show you what it looked like at the end? Because Mm -hmm. we can all do that. And I think sometimes we don't focus on that just because somebody shows you the end picture, you have no idea what their journey looks like. So take yours, take your time and figure out what that, what that, what that means to you. Absolutely. I've been self-employed for 11 years and I've had, I've had people say to me even recently, like, oh, you know, how did you get X amount of followers on social media? How did you get this media opportunity? How did you, do you have any idea how long and how hard I've been working? (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, I am not new. (laughs) You may have just heard about me, but I have been here for almost 41 years. Okay. (laughs) Mm-hmm. tell him tell him the journey didn't start yesterday <laughs> like I was not born this morning <laughs> oh man <laughs> so tell us what's one thing most people don't know about you Ooh, one thing most people don't know <laughs> I was like which one do I want to tell the embarrassing one <laughs> let's keep it real <laughs> right um I would say the one thing people really don't know is that I I think a lot of people look at professionals, especially within the healthcare field and especially in the mental health profession and think like, oh, they must have everything together, mm-hmm. right? Like you're telling other people how to keep things together. And I think for a lot of us, what makes it so relatable is that we are one of those people who probably don't have it all together, right? Like mm-hmm. we're managing it too. Um, and just like you were saying, like you, you have to figure things out along the way. People just make the assumption by looking and being like, oh, everything's great. And for me, one of the biggest things that I struggle with and I have to manage all the time for myself really is imposter syndrome. And it comes mm-hmm. up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really want to put that out there because I feel like there's so many people, especially with social media, just being the way it is, that thinks that when somebody puts something out there, they must do, they must know exactly how they did this. They must be perfect about how they went about it. They must have so much confidence and, and reassurance in themselves. And I'm telling you, I can post like 
a video on Instagram and be like, should I take it down? Should I take it down? <laughs> no, no, there's no. And these thoughts come through my mind like, no, no, i leave it up. You know what? And I literally start talking to myself like I'm a client, like telling myself all the things that I would need to tell myself. But mm-hmm. I want people to know that some of those things that you see and a lot of the things that I post for sure are because I go through them too, right? And a right. lot of things, they're real because this is what I'm feeling in the moment. I want to share that what you see is me being very transparent as well and talking about stuff that comes up amongst either myself or friends or family that we all feel like we have to pack back away and ignore because we're the only ones dealing with it. So I want to share that with everybody um, that's listening that, you know, it may look all dandy on the outside, but boy, the thoughts and the moments that I wanted to delete everything that comes on there. <laughs> it's real. It's real. Um, so I think one of the things to manage that and is know that everybody, most people, I should say, have that thought, right? We all second guess things and question things, but that doesn't mean that it's real. Right. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that for so many reasons. Well, we'll start with the first reason is like you said, people assume that because you're in a particular field that you have it all together or that you don't feel certain things. And at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We all may experience the same things. Some of us may just have the tools or the know-how to cope with it better or, you know, at all. But I'm saying thank you because there was a point, maybe about two, I don't want to you know, give too much information away, maybe about two years ago or so. (laughs) But I was in a relationship that was psychologically abusive. And that person, if I wanted to post what I'm, I'm used to being very open on my social media about the ups Mm -hmm. and the downs. And if I wanted to post something that I was struggling with, they were like, no, you can't post that or take that down. Or, you know, people won't want to hire you as a coach. If you da da da, I'm like, but I just want them to know that I feel the same thing that they're feeling. Like I've experienced the same thing. And it was almost making me start to feel like I'm a horrible coach because I should know how to cope with this better. I should this, I should that. And that sent me down this, you know, dark hole. (laughs) But when I exited that relationship and I started focusing on my healing and realized like, I will look at women like Dr. Brene Brown and how she openly talks about her struggles, no matter how much she studies, mm-hmm. you know, talks about shame and vulnerability and, and courage and all those things. And like, so even hearing yourself as a psychotherapist, be open about still dealing with imposter syndrome. That's helpful, not only for me, but I'm certain that the women listening are like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like social proofing. We don't feel alone. We're like, oh, wait, I am normal. <laughs> so true. No, thank you for sharing that too. I think that that's a big one, right? When you feel like, you know, because of somebody sharing something and, and telling you something, you start to sometimes believe it too. And right. And you're thinking mm-hmm. like, well, maybe I can't, or maybe this isn't the right way to do it. But then there's a part of you. It sounded like that was sitting there like, no, but I want to show the world that mm-hmm. this is I want Mm -hmm. to show the world that you can relate to me and I can relate to you. So Mm -hmm. I agree with you a hundred percent. It's an interesting way we have to navigate what's in our head and what's what's put out (laughs) to it. It is so interesting. Wow. You know, I'm definitely going to have to have you back on for a part two, because there's so many other questions that are going in my mind right now that I wanted to like ask. (laughs) I'm like, oh, how did we get to 30 minutes already? Um, (laughs) So before we go to the final segment, I want you to tell people where they could stay connected with you online. 
Definitely. You guys can check me out on Instagram at jpeterspsychotherapy. Um, my website, which is jpeterspsychotherapy.com. Um, on Twitter, Janelle Peters. Just just type my name in, Janelle Peters with it. Janelle with an H and you'll find where I'm at. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where you can definitely find me. Thank you. I will definitely have your direct links to your socials and your website in the details section so they can connect with you. They don't have to search too far. Nice. Thank you. You're welcome. In the final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her wisdom. And it's just a couple of reflection questions. And you share the first thing that comes to mind. It could be one word, one sentence. It's almost like a rapid fire. Okay. All right. Name one of the most worthwhile investments that you've ever made. That could be time, money, energy. Ooh, worthwhile investments. I would say, ooh, that's a good one. Oh, man. I feel like I'm on a game show. It's like, wait, your time's running out. Um, <laughs> I would say the worthwhile investment for me, honestly, it sounds really cheesy, but it's been my diffuser. And I yeah. didn't realize how much I, um, how much scent was a big thing for me and how just certain scents can like calm me, certain scents can make me excited. And it was really important for me to be able to like, what am I feeling in this moment and be able to tap into that and kind of just sit with it. So it's, I'm staring at it now and I was like, you cost a pretty chunk of money, but I love you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I would say right now, that's my biggest investment because it is part of like my whole self-care and just my balance and grounding. And I didn't realize how important this was to me until, until I got it. I love that. I like I'm I'm going totally off track here, but I love that because I completely relate. So I had invested in a diffuser in November when I moved here. And every morning when I wake up, it's part of my self-care routine. And as I'm making my coffee, you know, I fill it up with the water and the essential oils. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's like, you know, what am I feeling in this moment? Looking at how I want to feel, you know, the different essential oils of do I want to feel energetic right now? Don't want to feel relaxed Mm -hmm. right now, but how that has helped with my self-care. I love that. It's such a mood changer. Like hearing you say that, like you put it on when you wake up, I'm just like, oh, I didn't have it on. Why don't I smell something? I don't smell anything, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like it really does change so many things. And yeah, I'm just realizing how obsessed with sense I am and then pulling it back to like growing up, like so, you know, you just walk and you smell something like, oh, that reminds me of this. That, reminds me. Like, that really is me. And I, as an adult, I'm so glad that I'm starting to pick up on that again, how important scent is to me. I love it. To my, my kids yesterday, there was one of the smells that I put in, one of the essential oils I put in. My son was like, uh, this smells, smells like Bass Pro, the, the um, outdoor store in Boston Mills. <laughs> <laughs> like it, his memory is like, it. I don't like it. <laughs> like, no, no, we don't want to smell like that. Nope. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. Um, The Body Keeps Score. That has Mm. been one of the books that reminding yourself like the connection between your body and your mind and past traumas and just how you might forget it in the moment, but there was something that might remind you was a really good way for me to connect a lot of things um, and be able to support a lot of individuals. That's one of my really good books. I love it. That is already on my to like on my list of books to read. I had a, a past guest that recommended that book. And then mm-hmm. I've been really digging into how our bodies harbor emotions. And there's another book called The Emotion Code. And I actually had a session with someone who was registered from, I guess, the guy who wrote The Emotion Code on how to release trapped emotions within the body. Okay. And 
it was mind blowing how in that session, she was basically able to release a pain that I had in my neck and shoulder and my ankle and let me know at what period in my life where that trapped emotion, what the trapped emotion was. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the age that I was at since that trapped emotion wow. you know happened so i'm looking forward to reading um yeah, the book that you just mentioned. Add, you, you've made me add one to my <laughs> like, all right here's another one i'm literally staring at the pile of books like i don't know about you are you somebody who has to like read one at a time or can you read oh multiple? no i read three at a time because i okay. have one going in an audiobook one going in physical and one going in ebook at all times right? and they all pile up and you're like oh i'm like screenshotting people's pages i'm like oh, i want that one too and this one so now you just added another one i'm like i I don't know when this is gonna happen. We're getting there. So what I've started doing is I I've set up my Goodreads page and I have a list of books. So every time another book comes up, instead of me having to like find where I stored that screenshot or where I wrote it down, it's all mm-hmm. in my Goodreads account. So you can list all the books that you want to read, all the books that you're currently reading, and all the books that you've done read. So it keeps Love me uh, organized. Yeah. yeah might, might need some organization skills over here because the pile, the sticky notes, the screenshots, it might not be the best I get it. I get it. Next question. What new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? The new belief would be just because you didn't get it done right away doesn't mean you won't get it done at all. And that has been really big for me because I'm somebody who is like, okay, you planned this out for the day. And I was, that's how I was. It was like, your task list is there. You got to get it done. Right. And if Mm -hmm. I I went through a moment where I used to like kind of beat myself up if I didn't get something done and it was like, oh, you said you're going to do this. Now you have to push it off. And Mm -hmm. then I was like, but you're pushing it off. You're not, not getting it done. Like you're still going to get it done. It is okay that it didn't get done today. Tomorrow still exists. And yep. you can still work on it. Um, and that was a really big changer for me over the years because it's given me a lot of grace for myself to be like, there's only so many hours in the day. You are only a human being mm-hmm. you need rest as well. And that's okay. I love that. When and where are you the happiest? Mm, anywhere with sunshine and warmth <laughs> that doesn't feel like. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say that honestly with with sun. And I, I feel like even right now, just even if it's in Toronto where, yeah, it's not the warmest, but as soon as the sun starts coming out, um, all my windows have to be completely open. It doesn't matter where I am. As long as I feel the sun on my body, I am okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I instantly just get happy. Like I think right now as the season's changing, I'm like, all right, flowers everywhere in the house. The, the windows <laughs> are open. Like the shift is be- like, you know, everybody's going to pop outside of their bikes in the shorts. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Ever since I transitioned and moved from the house into the condo and we have like floor to ceiling windows and I'm a corner unit. So it's ever like all window. And my son yesterday was like, mom, can we invest in some blinds? I'm like, no, I want the sun to come in at all times. Like all times. Why would I do that? Right? <laughs> Anytime somebody closes a blind, I'm like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> I love like, it. I love it. TV. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> We need the vitamin D. It's good for our mental health. Like, exactly. I need exactly. it. I need it. Last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? Rest. Mm. Um, I think as women, we definitely have the most beautiful armor of resiliency and strength and perseverance. But I think at the same time, we don't realize that rest is allowed to, to be placed with that. So I would say allow yourself to rest. You can still be a strong person. 
if you take a break. You can still be a strong person once you rest and you need to recharge in order for you to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you 1000%. I think it's maybe the last two years where I've made that a priority because I didn't have a choice. I was that hustle hard, you know, work hard, play hard person and my body shut down mm-hmm. and I had a ton of health issues and I was forced to rest for almost a year. So now it's like my self-care is priority. My daily self-care is priority. And I make sure that I have my seven to eight hours of sleep at night and I don't care who wants to say what, but if I have to, I'm also taking a nap. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> real, right. Knowing how much more productive you can be when you rest. Right. Mm-hmm. And what you're allowed, how your, your body allows you to keep going now that it's recharged. So that's definitely a good takeaway. I love that. So on that note, I want to thank you, Janelle, for taking the time to join us. I truly appreciate you sharing your story and your gems with us. And I look forward to having you back for a part two. Me too. This was amazing. I'm like, we're done already, but I think there's more. There's more. <laughs> so definitely a part two. And just thank you so much for honestly creating such an amazing space and platform for people to just be real and just share like the honest journey that they, that they've gone through, because I think so many people can relate to it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And to all of you faith walkers out there until next time, subscribe on all platforms. Don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple podcast (laughs) and join the community of faith walkers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at awakamystilettos.com. And be sure to grab one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you can think of, I'm going to challenge you to five people that would resonate with what Janelle shared today, please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag Janelle at J Peters psychotherapy and you can tag myself at the real McKinney Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.